0: Hear the word of God from Psalm 1 and Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. These readings come from the New Revised Standard Version, and you can find these readings on pages 424 and 957 in the Pew Bible. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. For I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those in Laodicea, and for all those who have not seen me face to face. I want their hearts to be encouraged and united in love, so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding, and have the knowledge of God's mystery that is, Christ himself, in whom all are hidden, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am saying this so that no one may deceive you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit. And I rejoice to see your morale and the firmness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, here's a word that you may not yet have in your vocabulary. The word is bathophobia bathophobia. It comes from the Greek word for fear, of course, phobia, and then the Greek word bathos. Bathophobia is not fear of baths, (laughs) although maybe some of us have that, I don't know. But bathos means deep. Bathophobia is a fear of entering into the deep, Someone with bathophobia, for example, may break into a panic attack when they try to swim or boat into deep water. Someone with bathophobia may be very reluctant to walk down a long flight of steps or enter into a long hallway in the dark. Bathophobia is that fear of being encompassed surrounded, engulfed with, with darkness or water or even the pull of gravity. It's that feeling of losing control. Now, I don't know how many of us have bathophobia, but all of us have that fear of losing control, right? Because that's, that's really what's at the heart of this, especially when it comes to the depths of the unknown, not just deep water and deep darkness, but the deep unknown. Instinctively, we don't just run right into that. We, we fight against it. We struggle against it. We don't want to surrender our control to the unknown. Deep down inside, all of us, to some degree, are afraid of the deep, afraid of losing control. But here's the ironic thing. In the Bible... Over and over and over again, the Bible tells us that if we want to find true freedom, that if we want to find true life, in fact, there is only one thing we need to do, and that is to go deeper. Jesus said it many times in the Gospels in Luke chapter 5 verse 4, a passage that we heard just a couple weeks ago. Jesus was saying to the disciples, hey, look, fellas, why don't you try casting your nets on the other side of the boat where the water is deeper? And when they did, they not only caught more fish, they caught their true purpose, right? When, when Jesus called them to fish for people, they discovered their true calling in life. In the very next chapter, in Luke chapter 6, Jesus says there's two kinds of people in the world. There's the wise person and the foolish person. And the wise person, Jesus said, is the one who digs deeper, the one who builds his house, who builds his life on the rock, and it says the one who digs deep into the foundation, as opposed to the foolish person who builds his life on the sand just right there on the surface. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says that the Holy Spirit helps us go deeper. He says the Holy Spirit is like a spelunker, like a cave explorer that helps us plunge into the depths of the insight and knowledge of God. If you want to get to know God more fully, then allow the Holy Spirit to help you go more deeply. And then in these two passages that Carl just read for you moments ago, both of them say basically the same thing. In the Colossians text, Paul calls us to be more rooted and built up and established in the faith. And in Psalm chapter 1, the very first psalm of them all, the foundation is laid for all 150 Psalms by equating life with a tree. He calls you to be a tree. Not just any old tree, but a tree whose roots have gone deep, have planted deeply into the depths of God's faith and love, and has plunged into the mysteries of God's Word. That's the kind of tree, that's the kind of life you're called to live. Amen. In other words, the Bible says over and over again that not only should you go deep, Going deep is nothing to be afraid of. And the good news is, we have ample evidence over the past 18 months that this congregation is unafraid to go deep. That was one of the more recurring themes that we heard over the last 18 months during our visioning process that culminated in the unanimous approval of our long-term vision plan last December. We listened to you to God, to the community, and over and over again, we found ample evidence to suggest that you all not only know it's important to go more deep in your faith, you are unafraid to go deeper in your faith, deeper in your understanding and study and reading of God's Word, deeper in your embrace of the Christian faith, deeper in the disciplines of prayer and invitation and financial generosity, deeper in your connection with other people in small groups. We had hundreds of you participate in visioning chats over that time, and one of the recurring themes we heard was, you all want to get to know your Bible more deeply. You want to spend more time in it. You want to be more faithful in small group Bible study. So many of you talked about disciple Bible study as being so formative in the early years of your faith, and you want to connect with people and connect with the Bible. You just want to know how? That was a sentiment that came through loud and clear for over 700 of you who responded to our congregational survey, and many of you owned the reasons why you can't or don't want to go deeper. Some, a third of you said, you know, I'm just too busy. I wish I could carve out more time in my day to read the Scripture and be part of a small group. Over a third of you said that. So if you feel that, you're not alone. More than half of you expressed that you're feeling lukewarm or dissatisfied in your current ability to read the Bible every day. And many of you, many of you said you want to grow deeper in your prayer life. You know it's important. You long for the ability to go deeper in your faith. You just want to know how, and you don't want to feel alone. This church is not afraid to go deeper. We want to. And so, in the vision plan that you all unanimously approved last December, it says this. We, Hyde Park have a hunger for our own spiritual formation and a desire to invite others to experience the love of God. And at the same time, we are not satisfied with our own progress. We need to hold ourselves accountable and be held accountable to living our lives in the ways that Christ calls us. So that's a significant part of our vision plan. And so for the next several months, teams of people will be working to implement that vision with systems and programs to help deepen our discipleship and and scratch the itch that so many of us, if not all of us, have to go deeper in the faith, to make Bible reading less scary and less confusing, and to be comfortable in our small groups with other people, to, to be involved in more small group experiences, to develop better practices of prayer and invitation and financial generosity, and to get as many of us going deeper in our experience of God's love as possible. God's calling us to go deeper. You want to go deeper. So we will move forward together. Now, as these plans come together, I want to let you know that there are some things that you can actually be doing right now, even before all these programs get implemented. As any scuba diver will tell you, you you can't just put on a suit and expect to go deep into the most underwater caves right away. You can't just strap on a parachute and jump out of a plane for the first time without any kind of training. I would not suggest that. And trees all start out as seeds. And seeds don't start sprouting roots right away unless they have a chance to sprout. So... I want to give you some practical things that you can do right now to begin developing the rhythms of going deeper, and they all, in fact, come from Psalm chapter 1. Here are three guideposts for you of ways that you can go deeper in your spiritual life. Number one, surround yourself with spiritual friends. Right here in the first verse. The psalmist kicks off with these words, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers. Here's how I would summarize that verse. If you want to grow, who do you know? If you want to grow, who are you surrounding yourself with? If you want to learn to scuba dive... I would not suggest you take lessons from someone who can't swim. (laughs) If you want to learn to skydive, I would not suggest you take lessons from someone who is afraid of heights. And if you want to grow in your spiritual life, do not surround yourself with spiritual bathophobes who are content with living their spiritual life on the surface. Pay attention to who you're hanging out with. Are you hanging out with anybody who's bad for your spiritual life, who's a bad spiritual influence on you? I'm not at all suggesting that you not hang out with unchurched people or non-believing people. In fact, we ought to hang out with people who aren't churched. But if you really want to grow, surround yourself with more people who will help you grow deeply. And frankly, this is the right place to find them. Guidepost number two. You've all heard this before. Garbage in, garbage out. What are you putting into your mind? This is verse two. Their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His law they meditate day and night. That's how a tree grows deep, by meditating On God and on the faith. So ask yourself the question what are you putting into your mind? You know, maybe one of the reasons you're having a hard time finding time to pray and to read the scripture, to meditate on God, is that your life is filled with way too many things that are weighing down your spirit or frivolous things that are occupying your time. Can you maybe cut down on some TV watching, particularly TV shows that make you sad? Or angry or frustrated that put you in a bad spirit? How about waking up a little bit earlier in the morning or staying up just a little bit later or building into your lunch break or finding time to create Sabbath moments in your day or create thin spaces between you and the spiritual life in your home? Find those times, those spiritual pauses to where you can meditate and pray and read the Scripture. I know it's hard. More than a third of you would agree that it's hard. But if you want to go deeper, it's now time to start developing the rhythms and the routines and to stop filling your mind with garbage. Garbage in, garbage out. Here's the third and final guidepost from the very third verse of the Psalms. The psalmist says, Be grateful. Drink in God's grace and love with gratitude. I love verse 3. Here here is the goal that you want to shoot for. They are like a tree planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither. You know, here's something we know about trees. Trees all started out small. Small. Trees did not start out big. They all started out as seeds. And the right combination of events had to happen for that seed to become a tree. The first thing is that seed needed to hit the ground. Not just any part of ground, but the right part of the ground. And, and many of them had to be planted there, nestled into the perfect spot for them to, to germinate, to blossom, and to grow. And then they had to be nourished by water and nutrients and sunshine, and eventually they could burst out of their shells and begin to dig their roots more deeply. You know what? Your life started out small, too. Your relationship with the faith started out very small. And it's no coincidence, no coincidence that you are here on this planet, here in this church, or here in the faith. And we believe as United Methodists that there is no coincidence in God's grace. God has been working in your life to lead you to this place, to to plant the seed of faith in you, to water it, to nourish it. And now your seed casing has burst forth and you get to grow deeply because of what God's done for you. And when you take a look back at all of that in your life, the psalmist would say, Drink it up. Drink up all that God has done in your life and be grateful. I love what Sherlock Holmes said. He said, I I don't believe in circumstance. The universe is rarely so lazy. So the fact that you're here, the fact that you have claimed the faith for yourself is no circumstance. The universe doesn't work that way. God's been at work in your life. And that ought to give you gratitude every single day. Number one, surround yourself with people who can help you grow. Number two, watch the garbage you put in your mind. Number three, be grateful every single day. And you know what will happen? You start to develop these three rhythms to go deep in your life. What will happen is not only will your roots go deep, but you will find yourself bearing fruit. Not just any fruit, but the best fruit Possible, unbelievable fruit. About five years ago, scientists made an astonishing discovery in Australia. They discovered some trees who were bearing an amazing kind of fruit. There were some eucalyptus and acacia trees in Australia, and scientists knew that those particular trees were, were famous for digging their roots very deep underground in moments of drought. And so in a particularly arid spot of Australia, there were certain eucalyptus and acacia trees that have dug so deeply under the earth, upwards of 40 feet, are you ready for this, that they have actually struck gold.
0: Amen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The pirate says, arr, there you go. (laughs) Pirate knows about gold. In the, uh, in the Fredo and Barnes uh, gold prospect fields in South Australia, scientists closely examined the, the leaves of these eucalyptus acacia trees, and they actually found gold in the leaves. Literally, they found money growing on trees. <laughs> now, I would not suggest you start booking your airfare to Australia with your chainsaw. <laughs> Just... Yet, these are just trace elements of gold in the leaves. But the biological principle and the spiritual principle holds true. In times of drought, in times when your life feels arid and dry, when, when the nourishing waters of life, hope, and joy seem nowhere to be found, the Bible is very clear, go deeper. Sink your roots deeper. Deeper deeper into God's love, deeper into God's word, and deeper into the faith that claimed you and called you, and there you will find gold. And as you incorporate the gold of God's love into your life, you will be able to bear it as fruit. And this world needs a lot of God's gold nowadays, and you are the ones to bear it. Like the tree of Psalm 1, you will find that as you go deeper in your search for God's nourishing waters and love, you will strike gold and share the wealth of God's abundant love with the whole world. This is nothing to be afraid of. Let's go deeper together. Let's pray. God, as we prepare to go to the holy table this morning and experience the nourishment of the bread and the cup, we thank You for the reminder that You are with us. You have created us and called us to live a life that goes more deeply into Your love and into the faith. Nourish us with Your waters. Fill us with the nutrients of companionship. Help us to overcome any barrier or obstacle we feel that's preventing us from living a deep and rooted and routine life. And help us to do it together. We thank you for the future that you've given to this church, for the commitment we now claim to move forward together, first of all, deepening our discipleship and our commitment to you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and let all God's people say, amen. Now, as we prepare for Holy Communion, we invite you to respond to God's love and grace
0: through the gifts, through the offerings, through your prayer cards, as the ushers come forward at this time.